Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. It's said that any society is three missed meals away from chaos. Think of that. We saw it in New Orleans when the levees broke. Three days and it's chaos. Three skipped meals in any society and it's chaos. Have you solved your food problem yet? Imagine what would happen if those that depend on you had no access to food because of whatever is going on in the world. The last thing you want to do is suffer through a crisis without access to food. And that's why I encourage you to take decisive action now while you can to protect yourself and your family by building an emergency food supply. My Patriot Supply is standing by to help right now. This week, their four-week food supply is 99 bucks. That's 140 adult servings of easy-to-cook food that lasts up to 25 years, but you got to order now. Call 888-411-6875 or visit preparewithbeck.com. Limit two at this special $99 price, but the number to call is 888-411-6875 or you can go online at preparewithbeck.com. Seven decades after the concept of Marxism was conceived by Karl Marx, the practice of communism began in Russia. As it became the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, commonly known as the Soviet Union. Between 1917 and 1924, the first six million people or so had already paid for this communist experiment with their lives. Communism's first leader, Vladimir Lenin, fell ill and died in 1924, setting the stage for Joseph Stalin to ascend to power. From the very beginning, Stalin's brutality was on full display. Just as it had been under the first few years of communist policies, the Soviet Union fell into another great famine in the early 30s. As with his predecessor, Stalin brutally kept food from starving people, ordering his soldiers to shoot and kill if the peasants came near it. Adding to the 5 million who had succumbed to the famine of 1921, another 6 million people, mostly in Ukraine, died in what has become known as the Holodomor, meaning extermination by hunger or to kill by starvation. Former Ukrainian President Viktor Yushchenko, in a speech to the United States, put the total number of his dead countrymen at 20 million Ukrainians. It was essentially a genocide of the Ukrainian people, believed to have been planned by Stalin to eliminate the Ukrainian independence movement. Hundreds of thousands of tons of foreign food aid was rejected by Stalin. As most of Asia was falling under the control of communism, another powerful evil was rising to the West in Karl Marx's home country of Germany. An Austrian named Adolf Hitler, once considered a joke in Germany, by the 1920s and 30s, was a joke no longer. After joining and rising to the top of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, the Nazi Party for short, he attempted a coup in 1925 and wound up in prison. That's where, during his nine-month incarceration, he wrote his book Mein Kampf. In it, Hitler blamed many of Germany's problems on the parliament of the Weimar Republic, the Jews, social democrats, as well as Marxists, though he believed that Marxists, social democrats, and the parliament were all working for Jewish interests. He expressed an intense dislike for Marxists and communists, despite the fact that he and Nazis in general had so much in common with them. In Mein Kampf, he laid out his intentions for ridding Germany of the Jews, 
invasions of multiple nations, and the superiority of the Aryan race. Hitler's policies even caught the fancy of celebrated Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw. You must all know half a dozen people at least who are no use in this world, who are more trouble than they are worth. Just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you can't justify your existence, if you're not pulling your weight in the social group, if you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then clearly we cannot use the big organization of our society for the purpose of keeping you alive, because your life does not benefit us, and it can't be a very much use to yourself. Somehow, Hitler's book also captivated the imagination of many Germans. Hitler himself made a fortune from the proceeds. In 1933, Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany and began implementing the policies he had laid out to the German people in his book. He saw his brand of National Socialism as much more progressive than Soviet Communism. Britain's Winston Churchill understood the coming danger all the way back in 1934. There is a nation which with all its strength and virtue is in the grip of a group of ruthless men preaching a gospel of intolerance and racial pride unrestrained by law from their new table of commandments they have omitted thou shalt not kill it is but 20 years since these neighbors of ours fought almost the whole world and almost defeated them now they are rearming with the utmost speed this was hitler in 1938 mocking America's FDR about the countries Germany could potentially invade. Even if you don't speak German, you can pick out most of the countries he was talking about. Finland, Lettland, Litauen, Estland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Niederlande, Belgium, Großbritannien, Irland, Frankreich, Portugal, Spanien, die Schweiz, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Polen. Despite the shared animosity, the communist and the national socialist also shared many things in common, including a thirst for blood and a lust for power. The workers they so often spoke so fondly of seemed to be trampled in the ascension to power. Hitler launched World War II with the invasion of Poland. Germany then marched into France and Belgium. Soon, Europe was entrenched in the biggest, worst, and deadliest war in human history. In 1941, Hitler ignored the treaty he had just signed with Stalin and invaded Russia. Then, in December of 41, Japan attacked the United States in Hawaii, enveloping the entire planet in war. December 7th, 1941... A date which will live in infamy. Before it was over, Hitler and his National Socialists had conducted the horrific Holocaust with the extermination of six million Jews. Tens of millions more died as a result of the war. After the war, Stalin tightened domestic controls in the Soviet Union, which were extremely restrictive to begin with. He justified the repression of his people by playing up the threat of the war with the West. 
Many repatriated Soviet citizens who had lived abroad during the war, whether as prisoners of war, forced laborers, or defectors, were executed and sent to prison camps. The limited freedom granted in wartime to the church and the collective farmers were revoked. By the time of Stalin's death in 1953, he was personally responsible for the deaths of some 20 million or more of his countrymen. But now, neighboring China was experiencing its own unrest. By the end of World War II, the Chinese communists had gained control of northern China. The communist forces, led by Mao Zedong, convinced an incredible number of impoverished peasants in China to join with them in fighting the nationalists, promising to redistribute the land and lower their taxes. Mao's forces swept to victory and the nationalists fled to Taiwan. But the poor in China never saw the promised equality or redistribution of wealth. Mao and the communists took over in 1949. And by 1981, five years after his death, 85% of China's population lived in abject poverty. Mao had also overseen the slaughter through starvation and murder of 60 million Chinese. Writer David Horowitz and founder and president of the think tank, the David Horowitz Freedom Center, described the ideology this way. Um, communism which took root in Russia and then China, is the worst society that ever appeared on the face of the earth. They killed over 100 million people in peacetime. This was not war casualties. This was people killed in peacetime who didn't go along with their program to redeem the world. Yet Chairman Mao's image appears on hipster t-shirts and coffee cups and even showed up on Obama's Christmas tree at the White House on a Christmas ornament in 2009. White House Communications Director Anita Dunn would giddily exclaim, Two of my favorite political philosophers, Mao Zedong and Mother Teresa. As communism continued to spread across the Asian continent, World War II ended with Soviet troops occupying North Korea and U.S. troops in South Korea. The Soviets installed a North Korean Communist Party leader to head the new communist government of North Korea, and the Soviet troops withdrew. The South then declared their independence and were attacked by North Korea. And the Korean War was on, just five years after World War II had ended. So from its inception as a theory put into practice in government in 1917, the Eastern Hemisphere has seen virtually nothing but bloodshed, oppression, and war during the first 33 years of communism and national socialism. Unfortunately, communism eventually infected the Western Hemisphere as well, where another ruthless communist, who is also widely celebrated by many on the American left today, as a hero of the worker and minorities, but was actually the opposite, a ruthless, racist killer who seemed to have contempt for all those he pretended to care about helping. Che Guevara. Yet another Marxist revolutionary born to wealthy parents. Che began his life as Ernesto Lynch in Argentina. Half Irish, his father was Ernesto Guevara Lynch. Guevara exhibited his brutal tendencies from an early age. According to an account of one of his close friends during his teenage years, 
Che once raped a maid who entered the dining room on the table where he and a group of his friends were having lunch. Then he tossed her aside, sat down, and finished his lunch as if nothing had happened. Later in Mexico City, he would meet fellow revolutionaries, Raul and Fidel Castro. He would befriend them and travel back to Cuba to join them for the Cuban Revolution. Che became Castro's executioner. According to the Black Book of Communism, during just that first year of the revolution, Che's firing squads executed 14,000 people, which would be the equivalent of around 3 million in the U.S. Che sent thousands of others, including homosexuals, whom he just couldn't tolerate, to concentration camps. He plotted the destruction of the Statue of Liberty, the Liberty Bell, the Washington Monument, and intended to blow up Macy's, Gimbel's, Bloomingdale's, and Grand Central Station in New York City with 500 kilos of TNT. After helping destroy Cuba's once-thriving economy as the Minister of Industry and President of the Cuban National Bank, and at the insistence of the Soviets, who were fed up with Che's incompetence ruining their investment, Che left Cuba and headed off to another revolution, this time in Bolivia, where the people there turned him over to the Bolivian army. In 1967, Che's reign of terror finally ended when he was executed by firing squad. Despite the wake of oppression and death left by communism all over the world, 100 million peacetime deaths not to mention millions upon millions more from wars instigated by communists. Still, many continue to glorify it. Some even seek to implement it here in America. We explore that on our next episode. Glenn Beck. It's said that any society is three missed meals away from chaos. Think of that. We saw it in New Orleans when the levees broke. Three days, and it's chaos. Three skipped meals in any society, and it's chaos. Have you solved your food problem yet? Imagine what would happen if those that depend on you had no access to food because of whatever is going on in the world. The last thing you want to do is suffer through a crisis without access to food, and that's why I encourage you to take decisive action now while you can to protect yourself and your family by building an emergency food supply. My Patriot Supply is standing by to help right now. This week, their four-week food supply is 99 bucks. That's 140 adult servings of easy-to-cook food that lasts up to 25 years, but you got to order now. Call 888-411-6875 or visit preparewithbeck.com. Limit two at this special $99 price, but the number to call is 888-411-6875 or you can go online at preparewithbeck.com. 